This is the theme song of this month. As we prepare for the epic Film Quest Film Festival series. Listening to the late on Thursday, probably Friday morning catch up episode of In Love of the Process. I am your host, Mike Petchy. I am in a good mood. If you could not tell, um, lots of awesome shit going on. Uh, if you follow me on Instagram at Mike Petchy or follow the podcast at In Love of the Process Pod, you know all the awesome shit that's going on. You know how crazy it's been. Uh, yes, uh, we are excited because my new film, Come Home, which I uh, directed, I put together with my good friend Lance A. Williams, who's been on the show. You guys are all fans of Lance. You know his work as an actor. Um, him and I put this movie together and uh, shot a short film, short horror film, um, in our my garage, essentially. And it has now since gone on to get into some of the biggest film festivals and uh, has been nominated, has been winning awards already. Um, it's uh, a fucking crazy time. It's 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 a great time, and you know, uh, the I mean, look, 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 the whole reason why this film happened, and I've talked about this a little bit. If you guys saw the article on uh, Rue Morgue today, 
which just came out. There are all sorts of links for those on my Instagram, but yes, it is out there in the press. We made this film, initially, uh, we made this film just as an exercise. It was uh, hopefully something that was going to pull me out of a deep depression that I was in and Lance really wanted to start working on stuff. And we all were in a deep depression at this time because we started this film like right after COVID, like right in that time period where our industry was like, we don't know what the fuck we're doing with ourselves. And, you know, being a filmmaker, being a director, being a, a creator that is desperately trying to make new and original horror work, and trying to get stuff that's financed and trying to get stuff that is put out there. Um, I'm desperately trying to feed a hungry audience of fans. There are hundreds and thousands of you begging me to do a feature film. And consistently, I get uh, messages all the time like, where's the feature? How come there isn't a feature? There's a whole lot of bullshit that goes on in our business to try to get a feature up and running. And even though I've been directing movies for over 20 years now, almost 25 years, and I've been directing commercials and content. I'm still considered a first-time filmmaker. I'm still considered a risk. And it's a very difficult thing to get a film greenlit. And uh, right before COVID, we were so damn close. Maybe someday I'll be able to give you guys some uh, you know, details on what happened. But it was brutal, man. We went through the process of coming up with a great idea, really good script. Me and my buddy Will Simmons were working on it. And then just... And we're not special snowflakes here, man. This this happens to everybody in the business. We just got put through the machine. And, uh, you know, after multiple rewrites and getting so close and doing uh, over a year's worth of director's prep and having a movie ready to rock, COVID shut everything down. The business of after COVID and how the business was playing after COVID shut everything down and sort of put everything at a halt. And it was incredibly discouraging. It was incredibly discouraging. You know, you you work so hard at this stuff and, and all filmmakers do, all these folks out here do, when you work really hard, you get to the point where, you know, I, I look, I'm a, I'm a naturally born cynic, right? I'm an East Coast kid. So I'm a cynical guy. So for every sort of exchange, I'm always like, great. People will call you up, you know, plotting on the phone going, congratulations, you're about to do it. And you're like, cool, let me know when the checks are signed, right? That's just my cynicism. And I feel like with that project, I, I allowed myself to let my walls get dropped, which is good. I'm not, I don't regret it, but I allowed myself to go through the whole process on that. And uh, it was devastating. And so after that, that process, I, it really knocked me off my pedestal <laughs> and it really knocked me off my feet, really. And I, I fell back into uh, sort of this depressive time period of like, what the fuck am I doing? And how is this worth it? And, and why, why am I fucking doing this? Like what difference does it make? And it was, it, it's been a very sort of rocky, a uh, rough time for filmmaking in general and for filmmakers in general, in general, and, and sort of Hollywood backpedaling and trying to prove that it's not racist and that it's not gender, uh, like it's not gender specific. And that it doesn't do, you know, it doesn't pick favorites. And it was desperately trying to, you know, uh, prove, <laughs> prove that that wasn't the case. And so as what happens in our culture, the pendulum starts to swing completely in the other direction. And it becomes very difficult unless you're fitting a very specific narrative, unless you're fitting a very specific uh, need, PR need. Um, it, it, it's just hard to even get through doorways. 
and I, you know, it's everybody's equal and everybody's at the level playing field at this point. I really feel that way. <laughs> I really do. Um, and so it just, it's tough. It's been tough between that and then the fucking strikes and then everything that's been going on uh, with our health and our, like, honestly, you know, the economy, all that stuff kicks in. And so the one thing that you can't really prepare for, you can go to film school, you could study movies, you can do as much legwork as possible ahead of time. But the thing you can't prepare yourself for is the is everything else. It's the outside shit. It's the way that the planet moves. It's the way the culture is moving. You can't you can't be prepared for any of that stuff. And so a big part of our business is timing. It's timing. And um, when I was confronted with all this stuff, like so many other people, I know a lot of my friends that are filmmakers were also confronted with this stuff. Um, you know, it, it's it's devastating. And the hardest thing to do is to still push through it and be like, yeah, okay, I'm going to still do this. I'm going to still make stuff. And, you know, I almost felt like I didn't. I, I almost felt like I, was, I wasn't going to through this. And if you've been listening to the show, you'll hear it in my voice as we go through and I talk to folks and I've been, uh, you'll hear modes where I'm kind of dark and down and you'll hear me sort of be cynical a lot in different episodes. And uh, that stuff was going on in the background. And I've been very uh, outward and, and honest with everybody that listens to the show about, you know, having to go to therapy and sort of deal process with everything that this business has put me through and my friends through, through therapy. Um, and um, yeah, yeah, it was pretty crazy for a while. And I think one of the things that really sort of stimulated me again, really sparked my interest in, in directing again, was having Judith Weston on the show. Judith Weston's a fan of the show and she came on and, and Judith um, is a uh, directing coach. She's an acting coach, I think. Um, but she wrote these great books, uh, directing actors. And uh, what was the other one? It's not here in front of me, but they're really great books. Um, and I just sort of got lost in them after talking to her and uh, really sort of assessed how I work with actors, how I create characters and, and realized that there was this whole world that I hadn't even touched. I haven't even walked into when it comes to that. Um, and I got really lost in that technique. And Lance just happened to be on the show with us at the same time. And so him and I, he looked at it from an actor's perspective and I was looking at it from a director's perspective. And we both got lost in her work. And we would call each other and go, did you read this bit in this chapter? I, well, that's fucking cool. And wouldn't it be great if we tried out some of this stuff? And we were going back and forth, right? And it was, you know, I... <laughs> I felt like Tom Hanks talking to a volleyball for a little while there before this book came along. And uh, this really sort of cleaned me up a bit. And, and I, I started to get that bug. I started to get that itch where it's like, I really want to try these things out. I really want to make this stuff work. Um, and uh, one day Lance and I were just chilling, you know, having beers. Like I say so many times in the show, it's about your friends. It's about the people that are there for you when shit gets hard because it's going to get fucking hard. Um, and, uh, we were just sort of sitting on the porch talking about stuff and he's like, we should just do something, dude. We have nothing really going on. We should just do something like maybe try out some of the stuff and maybe we do a scene. And I was like, yeah, I was thinking about that and let's do a scene. And, and you know me, I can't just, <laughs> I can't just do something simple. I'm like, well, you know, connected to this and we can make this happen. And yeah, we could just shoot it here in the garage and so we went back and forth on this for a while. And we were talking about this character. 
this character, Mo. And uh, we really got lost in him for a while. Tried out all these different techniques and pulled a lot of our lives into this character and a lot of what we were going through into this character and uh, really came up with something special. And so the the time came, we go into the garage, I get some gear, very big shout out to a couple of people actually. Big shout out to the people over at Boca Rentals because they sponsored us and I got a bunch of really great camera gear from them. Big shout out to Fujifilm, big shout out to uh, Black Magic, and a uh, big shout out to Atlas Lenses. We shot everything on the Orion series, uh, Anamorphics. Um, all those folks really came together because they believe in the show, they believe in me, and uh, they wanted to make things happen. So uh, all these people were directly responsible in me really finding my love for directing again. And I think that's what is really sweet about this movie uh, and when you watch this film, you'll see that what the main character is going through is kind of what I was going through, but in a different way. And um, what uh, you know the main character was going through is kind of what we all go through when we're struggling to keep on a path and we're struggling to keep our dreams alive and we're struggling to, to uh, battle against inner demons. And so a lot of really good stuff in here. Very emotional, very, very well uh, put together. And, and we went and shot this thing in the garage. We did a scene and um, I looked at it and I thought it was great. And I showed it to Gina and she's like, that can't be it. You have to keep shooting more. And I was like, well, that was all we were setting out to do. I, I, that's all I wanted to do was just to see, she's like, you have to shoot more. You got to, you got to blow it up more. You got to make it more. You got to make it more. She was right. And uh, next thing you know, we're, uh, shooting more sequences. Um, we're in an underwater tank in downtown LA. Lots of fun shit, man. If you guys don't know what I'm talking about, you haven't seen the trailer yet, you'll find the trailer at my Instagram. So go to Mike Petri on Instagram and the trailer is up there. Um, and uh, very excited we made this movie. I was able to partner up with some people that I really wanted to work with. I was able to part repartner up with some folks that I love to work with. Um, my buddy, Mike Tran was back on it with me and Mike and I have, he, he did the score for, um, and the sound work for 12 KM. And then Mike and I have been working together for years on documentaries and on corporate videos back in the day. And we would be on set together all the time. And he ended up jumping on this movie 110% and was, uh, really, uh, there on set as a assistant camera guy. He was there for me for sound mixing and for uh, sound effects work. Um, and uh, he really crushed it. And uh, I'm happy that one of our uh, nominations is uh, really showcasing his work. And I was able to work with my friend, uh, a guy who I have been um, admiring for years, love his music. Um, you've heard me talk about him. I've had him on the podcast uh, Jonathan Bates, aka Big Black Delta, he agreed to come on to do the music, and we use one of his tracks. Um, it's an epic needle drop uh, that I guarantee you got us into festivals. So, um, very excited to be able to do that as well. Um, and when we put this whole piece together, it was a hard step back into it for me. I begrudgingly was sort of pulling myself through the first few days, and I'm like, fuck, this is hard, this is miserable. 
And then there's just these like little gems that happen where you find a little moment, you discover something on set, you start to find the reasons why this is so fucking great. And, and the, the reasons why, no matter how hard this business likes to kick you in the fucking dick, the reasons why you just sort of go, no, fuck off. I love to make things. That's why I do this. I love to make things. And I can make things with my friends. I don't need you. I can make things with my friends. I can do this in my own space. And, and th there were so many notes that we were getting on another project that we were working on. Notes and constant like bombardment. And, and, and like, ugh. I don't want to give away too much. I don't want to talk about too much because I don't want to be that guy in the business that's shitting on other people. But what happens is when you're a filmmaker and you partner up, when you're a young filmmaker and you partner up with a production company, I made this mistake. Don't make the same mistake. I assumed that because they're a production company with some big names involved and people that I've watched their material and their work of and movies that they've produced and made that I absolutely love, like love those movies. I was honored to be in that group and to be chosen as part of that group to potentially make a film with them. I assume that they know more than me. That's my assumption. That was my assumption. Like you guys have done this before. You kind of know what you're talking about. And oftentimes I would go against the voice in my head where I'm like, mm, this doesn't make sense, fellas. Right? And so there are a lot of different red flags. I'll tell you this. Here are some red flags to look out for if you ever work with a production company, if you're a director that's going to do this. If they tell you to start to like throttle down, if you start getting the notes from them going like, whoa, 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 throttle it down a little bit. Don't get too crazy yet. Like this is going to be fun, but it's going to take some time. It's always going to take some time. So don't get too excited yet. Fuck off. If I wasn't excited and if I didn't have that excitement, they wouldn't have known I existed. They wouldn't have seen a short film. They wouldn't have been a part of it without my excitement. So if you're going to tell me not to be excited, if I'm not excited, then who the fuck else is? Right? That's a big thing to remember as this thing goes on. Then as you're sort of working on things, and if you start to hear stuff coming from people that you're going to work with that are like, this is how we've done things in the past, and like, that's not how we do this, and we're going to find this big name, and we're going to bring this big person on. If it doesn't sit right with you as the creator, as the director, then really push back on it hard. Push back on it hard. Because um, I there was a couple of decisions that were made that I knew we shouldn't have made, but I'm like, these guys know more than me. Right? That's a big thing. Now, the other thing, the, the biggest thing of all, is that when people tell you that they've got you and not to worry about things, if they say, don't worry about it, no matter what happens, no matter what happens, we're going to make this thing and it's going to get made. We've got backup plans. We've got other backup plans. So no matter what happens, this is going to go. So be comfortable and be confident about that. Continue to question those people. Continue to call them out on it. And if they start to respond in a negative way to you just trying to engage with them every day or every other day or maybe even every week, you know, they start to be negative about it. There's a big old red fucking flag there. Big old red flag. You know what I'm saying? And I bring this stuff up and I'm not, I'm not going to mention any names because I think this happens across the board. And I don't think that this production company was setting out to be a pain in my ass or to be someone that was shutting down the project or lying about different things. I just don't. I think that Everybody that works in this business, whether you're a director, an actor, a production company, whoever you are, you're all desperate to make something. And what happens with a lot of folks that 
I guess you could call gatekeepers or people that are in the position to make things happen. They like to collect as many potential lottery tickets as possible. And what happens is they give you enough of their energy when they think it's a positive thing, when they think something's going to happen. But as soon as it truly becomes hard to make or truly uh, they have to put their necks on the line and really sort of bank on you, that's when it gets difficult. That's when you can that's when you can find or you can know immediately whether or not you found the right person for your project. It's very, very difficult. And this is something that happens with everybody in this business. It doesn't matter who it is. And I, you know, we've talked about it on the show. Folks that have had a green light, had a movie ready to rock, and they're in the middle of prep and they're on location and they're finding the other spots and the movie disappears that week. It just comes down to whether or not the people that are paying for it, whether or not the people that are putting their necks on the line truly, honestly believe in you, believe in the project, and are willing to bank on it. And that's a hard thing to find right now. It's a very hard thing to find right now because, like I said, I think most folks are out there looking for lottery tickets. Anyway, that was kind of what was going on behind the scenes without me being too specific about it. And that was the sort of demise of that project at that moment, sort of the the falling apart of all that at that moment really sort of hit me hard. And then going through uh, therapy with it and talking to a therapist about it, we sort of discovered what the true, my true issue is. And it's my fear of time. It's my fear of timing, right? Because we all set goals. I'm sure you have a goal whether or not you're in this business. I'm sure you have a goal of like, I want to lose this this amount of weight in the next couple of months. Or by the time I'm 35, I want to have a kid. You know, my body won't let me have a child after 35. You know, like everybody has these like deadlines that they put on themselves. And for me, I have been directing and working on stuff for years, music videos, commercials. And I really didn't feel like I had a story to tell. And it wasn't until I almost died. You guys know the story, the 12KM bit. That after that, I said, all right, I'm going to make a movie. And in my head, I went, Ridley Scott didn't get into making films until he was 40 because he had directed thousands of commercials prior to that. But he didn't really start to make films until he was 40 years old. And look at his career. And so I took that fact and made that into a mission statement for myself. And I said, by the time I'm 40 years old, I will have a feature film shot. So that was in there. That was this deadline that was just running in the background consistently, constantly, always there. And so as we were pushing really hard to get a movie picked up, that's there. That's the motivating factor. When I get on a phone call with people and they're giving me the runaround or if it's taking too long, that's the fucking factor. Dude, you are pushing back on my deadline. You're taking too long. I have this deadline. That was a factor. And that is adding to panic, anxiety, anger, and stress. All that stuff is real. So as, and, and, and that's what I brought to the table in a negative way when it comes to this project. And that's what I brought to the table in a negative way when I was sort of dealing with this stuff and processing this stuff. And sure, I'm sure that the people that we were working with could feel that stress for me, where I'm like, we got to get this going. We got to get this going. We got to get, that was me all the time. What's happening? How come this is taking too long? Let's keep going. Let's push, let's push, let's push. But what my plan did not realize was that, hey, guess what? Our fucking planet is going to shut down for two years. So you turn 40 and boom, 
planet shuts down for two years. How does that equate into this goal? How did that equate into Ridley Scott's life plan? It didn't shut down at that time period for him. So that means everything comes to a fucking halt. It doesn't matter how hard I work at home. doesn't matter uh, how much research I do or how much director's prep I do. That Those two years are going to have affected the way the planet does business, the way the planet uh, processes stress. I mean, after COVID, everything has changed. People don't have the patience. People don't do the rat race as hard as they used to. It's a whole different game. I had no idea that was coming. No one did. So that fucked everything up. And then there were all sorts of other things that happened to our business that continuously fucked things up. Right? And then you get into the strikes, and that continues to do so. So it has been a solid, what is it, four years of just dog shit sludge crap that this business is. And this is when I decided to come here with uh, two feature films. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? And so there hit a point where there was an understanding, right, that none of this was in my control. None of it. And how do you handle that? Right? How do you handle that, 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 that you can't control any of this stuff? And you, I'm a director, and we're control freaks. So um, all those factors really led to, you know, me desperately trying to control my project, my, my trajectory and, uh, you know, ultimately having it pulled away. Now, I'm not boohooing. I'm not whining. It's just the, it's the reality of it. And I, I hope by me telling you these things that you all sort of feel uh, a sense of comfort in the fact that, you know, maybe you have gone through this. Maybe this has been your path right now. Maybe this has always been your path. Maybe you've been someone that has never had an opportunity. And maybe those opportunities are now changing for you, which is fucking great. But it's, it's hard, man. It's hard. And the narrative out there that certain people have it easier than other people, I don't necessarily believe in that narrative. I think there are situations where uh, because you know folks, you get access to be able to go in and pitch because there's an opportunity uh, that's presented to you uh, based upon where you come from and what it is you're doing and how that fits their current narrative. That's very helpful. But at the end of the day, the stuff that we make costs so much fucking money that when somebody, no matter what they say to you, no matter how blowhard they are about loving your shit, making your stuff, when it comes down to that shaky hand writing that number on a check, or typing those numbers into a account transfer. That's when the shit hits the fan, man. It doesn't matter on any of it. So that's where it gets tough. I don't know. Maybe I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. <laughs> so anyway, I bring this stuff up, and I'm in a good mood, man. I bring this stuff up because this little movie that Lance and I made, and all of my people that I worked with, and my family and my friends that we all made together, this movie pulled me out of that shit. And for a short period of time, all that mattered was creating this film. And I had absolute control over it. I financed it myself. I brought it all together. I was shooting it within my space. I could edit and go and shoot pickups and cut and go shoot more pickups and bring Lance in and see the edit and go, how about we shoot a couple more sequences and go make it better? 
it's a beautiful situation that I will probably never get again when it comes to feature films because I had ultimate control over each and every piece of it. And we made this thing that surprised all of us. It ended up being scary, fun, um, and very emotional. It is the best piece that I've ever made because of it, because of everything. So big shout out to the production companies that dropped us. Because <laughs> without you just dropping us, not emotional, just absolutely with a lack of empathy and understanding, just dropping us, this movie wouldn't exist. So big shout out. You know who you are. Maybe I'll see you in the festival circuit. Anyway, um, <laughs> and I'll give you a hug. <laughs> uh, so we made the movie. It came out great. We loved it. And then we submitted it to film festivals. And if you've been listening to the show, I've been sort of keeping you abreast on the film festival bits and how hard it is through that circuit and sort of the, the how does it work and what are the levels of acceptance and all that kind of stuff. Last week's episode with uh, Jonathan Martin, the director um, and the head of Film Quest is a great episode. It, he really breaks down from, from a guy who has been running a film festival for over 10 years. He breaks down exactly how it all works. So if you haven't listened to that episode yet, go and listen to it. And the exciting thing about that is I would consider that the uh, prologue to our insane Film Quest series experience that is about to happen. That's why I'm here. That's why I'm excited. That's why I was playing ACDC. <laughs> um, so yes, uh, Come Home was accepted into three festivals so far. We were rejected from five other ones. So we got into three. We got into, first we got into a, a festival called Hollywood Shorts Fest, which I had never heard of before, but we got into that. Um, and then we got into Film Quest. And then we got into Nightmares Film Festival. So those are the three that so far that we've gotten into. Um, for each of them, we have been nominated for an award. Um, and we won Best Horror Short so far for Hollywood Shorts Fest. Film Quest, we have been nominated for the most awards. We are nominated for Best Sound. So big shout out not only to Mike Tran and Brett McCabe, who did location audio, but also Jonathan from Big Black Delta and myself. We all worked together on the sound for that piece. So awesome work, guys. We have been nominated for Best Sound at Film Quest. Uh, we were nominated for Best Editing at Film Quest. So shout out to uh, my buddy Josh Gorman, who helped me uh, with assistant editing on this. I cut the piece. Um, so I'm going to pat myself on the back for that. Thank you, dude. And uh, we also were nominated, or I was nominated for Best Director for it, which is crazy. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. It's very humbling to get that. And the movie itself has been nominated for Best Horror Short Film at Film Quest. We got those uh, nominations came in. And uh, it's exciting. And at the same time, I was like, oh, because... Lance had worked so hard on this film. He had worked so hard on this performance. And, and really, this entire movie is built around his performance. Like all the stuff that I do is me trying to keep up with him, really. Right. And there were times when I, early versions of this cut, I'd watch it and I'd go, man, this is really forced. And I'm like, it's because I'm overdoing it. I'm overcutting it. I'm over sound designing it. I'm overdoing it. 
I got to dial this back because I just want to watch Lance on screen. That's how good he is in the short film. He crushes it in this film. If you, those directors that are listening to the show that are going to be at uh, Film Quest, you're going to be excited to meet Lance because he is a fucking untapped talent. And he's one of those guys. I, I, growing up as a kid from the 80s and 90s, I've always responded to silent, quiet actors on screen, people that I want to watch just eat a fucking apple. You know what I mean? And Lance has got those skills. I'm so happy to have him in this film. I'm honored to have him in this film. And so, yeah, I was kind of bummed that he didn't get a nomination from Film Quest. Um, but no, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not complaining about it. It's just, you know, it was bittersweet. Um, but then we hear from Nightmares Film Festival, which we're in, uh, he has been nominated as best lead performance in a short at the Nightmares Film Fest. Fuck yeah. Also, shout out to our buddy Stu, Stu Valberg, director, uh, guest, frequent guest on the show, frequently getting me amazing guests for the show. Uh, Stu, as you know, has been uh, not only a director, but assistant directors for uh, David Fincher, Zack Snyder, all these different folks. Uh, his movie as well, Pizzagate, which we had on the show, is also in Nightmares Film Festival. And he was the one that sent me, he goes, dude, you know you're nominated. <laughs> Fuck yeah, man. Thank you, Stu, for, uh, for letting us know. And uh, unfortunately, I just, you know, came to the conclusion that I can't make it to Nightmare Film Festival, Nightmares Film Festival, but Stu will be there. Um, so if you... Because here's what's happening. These are all genre film festivals, and they all are clever about wanting to happen around Halloween. It's all of them. So if you get into, if you get into a couple of them, you have to pick and choose. Like you, there's, you, you, there's no choice. You you can't do them all because they're all screening literally on the same fucking days. Because otherwise, I'd be there, man. I, and I hear that Nightmares Film Festival is epic. I hear it's really great. That happens over in Columbus, Ohio. By the way. I've been told that Columbus, Ohio is an amazing place to go eat and drink and hang out. Is this true? Is anybody listening to the show from Columbus, Ohio? Let me know. Is it the coolest place? Because I hear it's really rad. Um, so that's happening in Columbus. So if you guys are going to the festival on the East Coast, that's probably the one you see come home on the big screen at. And then Film Quest is happening in Provo, Utah. That is on the West. Um, and uh, that's the one we're going to. I'm excited. I'm excited because we are the official podcast of Film Quest. So what's that mean? That means that I am going to be there for the entire run. So I'm there from the 26th through the 5th of November. Um, and uh, our friends over at Puget Systems, you guys know Puget. If you've been listening to the show, you know I've been talking about Puget Systems computers. I edited all of Come Home on my Puget Systems computer. That's right. Come Home was edited on a PC, and it was the best experience. I beat the hell out of this computer with the edit for Come Home. I had mixed formats, mixed media. I shot Mini LF, right? I shot Blackmagic 6K Pro. I shot uh, Fujifilm, uh, mixed media formats, macro, uh, all sorts of really crazy stuff. I cut it all in my Premiere system, and then I did an insane grading session in uh, Resolve. So how Blackmagic's DaVinci Resolve was in there, did compositing in Resolve, multiple layers at high, high, high resolution. 
and I didn't have a leg once. Not once. This computer's been on for over a year, and it hasn't crashed. You know what I'm saying? Listen, it's sitting here next to me. You can't even hear it. If you want a computer that is going to be with you for a while, if you want a computer that you can upgrade, you want a computer that you can rely on, and you want a machine that is going to play back footage without a lag, non like, I hate it when I'm cutting and it lags and I'm trying to find pacing. I hate that. I've never run into that in Puget Systems. Uh, you know what? That's not true. The few times that I have run into that, I've contacted them and said, what's going on? And they go, it's the recent update. And so then they go through the process of figuring out what happened with the recent update, and then they send me adjustments. That's fucking customer service. And that's not just because they sponsor me, man. They know each and every person. This company is a family-run company, and they build the best computers for editing. So anyway, I like I couldn't do this festival experience the way that we're doing it without Puget Systems. They're sponsoring the event, and here's what's happening. We have got a giant filmmaker's house in Provo, Utah. I am going to stay with Lance, with a bunch of my friends. Um, I know, uh, who else is going? Uh, Ryan Spindell, the director of the Mortuary Collection. I know he's coming to stay with us. Um, I've got Travis. I've got Brett, I think, is coming. I've got all these different folks coming to stay in this epic place, which is exciting. Then we're going to pick one of the rooms in the spot, and we're going to set up microphones, and we'll be doing daily podcasts. We're going to be interviewing directors, writers, actors, anybody that's there at FilmQuest that has a movie in the festival. We're attempting to program as many of them as possible of multiple guests on the shows. It's going to be great. Uh, we're also rumored to be interviewing some big name celebrities that are going to be there. So don't know. I, they're not confirmed yet. So I don't want to, you know, you blow my load too early as they say, but uh, it's going to be fucking crazy, man. And it, this, it's unheard of to go to a film festival and live it this way with just a short film. What we're doing is usually the way the feature films do it. So it's, it's going to be fucking crazy. And as I've always promised on this show, since we started, I said to you that you get to come along on the ride with me a director that's trying to get movies made in this business, a person that is following his dreams, uh, and all of my friends and the people that we have on the show and the folks that we meet and that we love and that we like, we're all taking you on this ride to hopefully inspire you to do the same. But even if you don't want to do the same, maybe you just love fucking movies. Maybe you love music. Maybe you love food. And you just want to learn more about it. You want to live vicariously through us on it. That's what we're here for. And I promise you this, the next few weeks is going to be loaded. Lots of episodes are going to drop. Your fucking iPhone is going to be buzzing all the time with new episodes that are coming out. And you're going to want to be a part of this whole craziness. So stick around, stay tuned, and uh, you know, enjoy it with us. Come to Provo, Utah. <laughs> Come to the Mormon capital of the world. And uh, you'll... you'll I have no idea what's going to happen, which is exciting. I'm telling you, it's fucking exciting. <laughs>
Um, but anyway, let's see what else is going on. Um, but besides that, a uh, bunch of, st- I have a bunch of great episodes that are still in the can that are going to be dropping in the next week or two weeks before or directly after we do all of the film quest stuff. I'm talking to, uh, crafts, like famous craft service folks. I'm talking to more famous cinematographers. I'm talking to all sorts of different folks. Uh, on this show and uh, we've had a pretty great year man and and I have loved and I acknowledge all of the notes that I've been getting from you listeners like telling me what episodes you love telling me which ones are your favorite uh, I, I'm here man and I appreciate it really do because uh, you know sometimes it feels like I'm just talking into the darkness with this microphone um, but uh, it's been a good year man it's been a good year so far all the bitching that I do. It's been a good year, man. 12KM is still going strong, still getting DMs on that, trying to respond to as many as I can while doing this whole come home thing. Um, and, uh, oh yeah, there are some epic t-shirts for come home that were made by Puget Systems. And if I've got some extras, I might give some away. They're supposed to come by the house tomorrow, I think. So hopefully they'll be there and it'll be good. I'm excited. Ah, man, you know what's great about this whole thing is that as helpless, as helpless as you can feel in this business, as helpless as I felt when I was trying to play by the rules, right? And I'm trying to do it the right way and and I'm allowing the people that supposedly know what they're doing to guide this and to guide the ship. With a movie like this and everything that's happening with it, I'm just realizing that I know what the fuck I'm doing. Personally, I know what I'm doing. And I may have been coming at this business from some weird, different way. I came up on the East Coast in Boston, which is not an industry town. I've been figuring out different ways to get folks interested in my films. I've been figuring out different ways to get press, to do articles on the film, to get into film festivals. To, uh, to, to get in the room with leaders of this business that I find inspiring and iconic and to be able to talk with them and, to, and have respectful conversations with them and to, and to feel like a peer with them. If I had sat around and tried to play the game right, waited for an agent or a manager or someone to do this for me, I would be nowhere. It would be nowhere. And I guess the only reason I bring this stuff up is we say it, I say it on the show all the time and all the guests say it on the show all the time. There are no fucking rules to this business. There's no set path. There's no easy way to do these things. So you got a good idea, try it out. Put it together, put it out there. Who the fuck cares? If you fail, you fail. You you try something else out. You keep pushing. You keep pushing. You keep pushing pushing and i'm saying this to myself you keep pushing dude because we all have it man ups and downs depressed excited same day you can have a range of emotions on the same day just know this don't wait for people to bring you good news don't wait for it because it's not going to happen and as, as, as much as you can muster, as much as you can pu- pull yourself up and keep pushing, 
push until they tell you to get the fuck out of here. Then push them down and keep pushing more. You know what I mean? I don't know. There you go. How's that for motivation? <laughs> Thanks for listening to the show. Stick around. We are going to be hitting you up with the Puget System sponsored Film Quest Festival series. Uh, technically, so this episode is recorded on the 19th. I leave for Utah next week. Let's see. Jesus is coming up. 26th, a week from now, I will be leaving for Utah. And then it'll be at least 11 days of work, of stuff. And man, some of the, by the way, because I've been meeting all the different filmmakers, people that want to get on the show, and I've been looking at their projects and their movies. There's a lot of really good stuff in this film festival, man. There's a lot of really great filmmakers out there. And, you know, I acknowledge and love each and every one of these filmmakers, no matter who they are and where they come from, when they respond to our survey, because we sent out a survey to all these filmmakers saying, like, why do you think you'd be great for the show? What do you want to talk about on the show? And every and each and every one of them, doesn't matter where they come from, when they're like, we love horror films and we just want to get nerdy about horror. That's all we want to do. We just want to come on and talk about horror and how much we love making horror. Anybody that has responded to the survey that way, you're top of my list. The top of my list. Let's get into it. All right. All right. There it is. Let's let's uh, let's do a track here. What do we got? What do we got loaded here? All right. I'll leave you guys with this one. Thanks for listening to the show. Thanks for listening to me ramble. Thanks for being here with me and uh, allowing me to be honest and vulnerable. What a weird thing to say. It was hard to get out. Um, and uh, I love you. All right. I'll see you next Tuesday.